Hi, this is Jeannie Patel-Thompson from ListenToYourGut.com, and today I'm talking with Larry Wern, who is uh, the research director and also the uh, inventor, shall we say, of a fabulous new therapy dealing with abdominal adhesions and bowel obstructions. So these are normally things that uh, people think can only be cured by surgery. So we're going to be talking all about that, but just in case, um, I'm going to give his website right away. It's www dot clearpassage.com and you can go there and get lots more information um, about Larry and the technique. So Larry, thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much, Danny. It's great to be here. Mm-hmm. Now I want to get right into it because on a podcast we don't have much time okay. and I'd like to talk um, because techni- typically when my readers come to me and they say, oh, I've got what sounds like an abdominal adhesion. I send them to a craniosacral therapist because I know that they can loosen that tissue and get it unstuck from the abdominal wall. However, when they say, well, I've got a stricture, you know, an area of thickened, narrowed tissue, often it's a buildup of scar tissue that's causing an obstruction in the small, usually the small intestine. We we have some techniques that involve applying DMSO and things topically, but I wouldn't say we have anything that's super effective. So could you talk about what you could do for someone like that? Absolutely. You know, we started when, when my wife, who's a summa cum laude physical therapist, about 35 years experience, developed some significant uh, bowel obstruction, bowel adhesions following surgery and radiation therapy. Um, mm-hmm. We were treating her for that when we, we finally figured out how to how to how to break some of that stuff up by going to physical therapy, um, advanced physical therapy courses in the U.S. and abroad, and we went to medical school in France for a while. Um, we women started reporting that we were opening their fallopian tubes, and we've actually published two studies on that um, in some major medical journals. Then we started thinking, well, wait a minute, if we can open fallopian tubes, they're so small, how about the small bowel? Because this is a life-threatening condition. Bowels adhere. Um, uh, About 50% of small bowel obstruction is due to adhesions. If we can open fallopian tubes, what about that? So sure enough, we kind of put the word out saying, if you're interested, we don't know if we'll be effective, but... uh, we think we may be able to help, and we have been seeing people from, again, around the world treating small bowel obstructions and doing quite well for them. Part of the problem with small bowel obstruction, Jeannie, is that the surgery, when you have a small bowel obstruction in Western medicine, all you can do is cut that out, toss out the bad part, the Mm -hmm. the restricted part, Sew the other two parts together. Hope nothing leaks into the into the abdominal cavity, which often happens, considering what's in the small bowel can cause peritonitis or serious inflammation in there, and infection. You have to reopen it. But anyway, the the problem is with that mechanical surgery. The greatest surgeon in the world cannot stop adhesions from forming because they form naturally from surgery. Exactly. They, that and surgery, the scar tissue build up, right? That's right. As it, as it heals. That's right. So that surgery itself is the cause of 61% of all small bowel obstructions. So it, it's an inefficient answer, unfortunately. You know, the, the, the physicians can be great, but it's this in this particular case, it's 
it is a cure. It saves the patient's life, but then they'll develop another adhesion typically. With well, and the issue. other thing, the other thing that most people Go don't ahead. realize is as soon as you open up, you know, the abdominal cavity, as soon as you cut into the intestines, right. whatever caused that um, problem in your small intestine, you know, whether it's ulceration or bleeding or whatever, the disease will jump to a minimum of three new sites. So you've dealt with the one that's threatening your life, but you've sowed the seeds for three new episodes of exactly the same problem. So as you pointed out, it's 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 an emergency um, solution. It's a short-term, you know, gain, but it's really a lot of long-term difficulty and complication following it. That's right. And what we see is someone will have had a surgery and then have to have another surgery a year later, then another surgery eight months later, then another four months later, and then and it just at sort of a merry-go-round, a spiraling merry-go-round where the surgeries get closer and closer together until the surgeon finally says, I can't do anything more for you. And right. they can't. So can you, what, when you talk about, because you're talking about adhesions and I'm talking about strictures. Right. Are we talking about different aspects of the same problem or are we talking about different things or maybe you could define things for us a little bit? I can do that. It's, it's a bit like the Eskimos have eight words for snow. Adhesions, scar tissues, strictures, collagenous cross-links, they're all kind of like a nylon rope made of thousands of tiny strands of collagen. Collagen mm -hmm. strands are very small. They rush into any area that's been injured by a, a trauma or an infection or a surgery uh, or an inflammation, and they, they kind of surround the area to help, to allow the immune system to come in and fight off any any further um, to, to allow to allow the area to heal. Mm -hmm. Once the area has healed, those collagen crosslinks that lay down, whether you call them an adhesion, a scar, a stricture, whatever you call them, they remain in the body and generally for right. the rest of your life. And they're they're thicker and tougher than the normal tissue, aren't they? Much. Yeah, they're they're actually uh, close to two thousand pounds a square inch. You could lift a horse with a square inch of them. Wow. And they can form as filmy, they can form like blankets, they can form like ropes, they can form sort of, they form in any number of ways. An, an additional problem that happens when you when you have a surgery at your gut or you have adhesions or strictures at your gut, then you try to stand up straight. It, it pulls on other surrounding mm -hmm. tissues, causing more inflammation. Unfortunately, the more inflammation calls more collagen crosslinks to come in and to help uh, heal that that tissue that's now intact. Exactly. So, so they either stay the same or they grow worse through life. They they just don't seem to get better. Yes, and then people go for more surgery. <laughs> and then people go for more surgery. Okay. Okay. So what what do you do? So what we do, whereas a surgeon would go in and cut or burn those. Um, what we do is, again, using the nylon rope analogy, it's kind of like taking apart a nylon rope strand by strand by strand. So we can't break that whole rope, but we can detach the little strands from each other. Uh, using our hands, we work, um, we'll work within the body. We work externally. Um, uh, and it's kind of like pulling out the run in a three-dimensional sweater in very slow motion. It's when these tissues are, are placed under pressure after about a minute and a minute or a minute and a half, little um, 
chemical bonds that attach them to each other begin to dissolve. So the collagen is still there, but it's no longer attaching. It's no longer a rope or it's no longer a blanket. Now it's got openings in it. Now it's now it's starting to free up. Now the collagen is just covering this part of the intestine and that part, but it's they're not glued together anymore. So it takes apart those straitjackets that uh, that have formed. And, and is it painful? We um, it. It can be, but it shouldn't be. It, we work within everyone's tolerance level. Right. Say, you know, give us a, a number of one to ten. You know, when I get over, a, if I get over a six, let me know, and we'll just back down, and so that we can stay within your tolerance level. Right. Is it similar to rolfing then the technique? Mm, maybe a little bit similar to rolfing, but it's it's not. I I couldn't really say it's rolfing because I don't know that rolfing breaks apart these collagenous crosslinks that form, you know, you can't, I've, I've been rolfed, and rolfing is pretty deep where it was performed on me. You can't really treat that way in the abdominal cavity where you have a combination of very powerful adhesions and very delicate intestinal tissues. Yes, because most people have a lot of pain. Right, right. So you have to really pretty much know what you're doing. And now, is there an energetic component to your therapy, or is it purely physical therapy? Or there probably is, but we don't talk about that too much. Right. <laughs> you know, there is in yeah. all of it, and the spiritual aspect as well. But just as physical therapists, we're trying. I mean, we're already um, out there enough <laughs> in physical gotcha. therapy. So yeah. we, we try to stay very grounded in science. We have published studies in, in some of the most respected journals in medicine, so uh, fertility and sterility, alternative therapies in health and medicine, Medscape general medicine. So so we, we try to stay real straight. <laughs> I hear you, yeah. And now what if, because I'm, I'm trying to visualize someone's you know intestine and, and the technique. Now what if they've got, like, because we know the small intestine is really looped and back looped. And right. What if there's the section that has the obstruction or the adhesion or the stricture? What if it's, like, in behind like it's not it's not on near the surface of the abdomen. Right. What if it's like behind a couple loops of intestine? Can you get to that? We can get to it. And a good analogy is the fallopian tubes that we were opening. Here are the tiniest mm. little tubes in the body, halfway between your tummy and your back, your front and your back. And and we've measured them and opened them and, and have good published data on what percentage we, we can actually open. We believe that we are accessing the tubes and these deep uh, intestinal uh, bowel structures that you're referring to by attaching ourselves to adhesions and fascias above and below. And kind of like if you had to run a run in a three-dimensional sweater or a run in a sweater, you wouldn't have to be right on the run in order to free it up. You could be above it, below it. You could right. be side to side, kind of diagonal, like mm-hmm. that. And then, so how many treatments does somebody have to take? Is there is there an average that you could possibly give, or like what would be the shortest number we, of treatments we, and the longest? We, we generally most of most of in all of our clinics, people come to us from from out of town or out of state or elsewhere. Um, we start on Monday morning and give twenty hours of treatment and are done Friday afternoon. 20 hours of treatment in a row? Yep, two in the morning, wow. two in the afternoon for five days. If someone wow. has had 
four, five, six surgeries and is really, really adhered, we they sometimes choose to go into the next week or to come back at another time to finish the job. But for most people, the, the 20 hours, yep. Yeah. And it works. That it works is fine. amazing. Yeah. But what's amazing is that, like, because exactly, I mean, my readers are all over the world. So if someone could be flying in to you from, like, Bosnia, right? So they yeah. obviously they don't want to be staying for two months while you do a treatment, you know, every three days kind of thing. Right. That's right. amazing. We're in, we're in Florida. We're This week we're treating two from England. Last week we had one from Denmark and a, a farmer that drove down with his wife and four kids from Missouri. Um, so the, it's but it, it, it works just fine. And the changes over the course of a week are wonderful. Just wonderful. Oh, they must be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And does the person eat or drink? Well, obviously they must have water during that 20 hours, but do they eat oh, yeah. anything or yeah, yeah, they they can they can eat whatever they whatever they normally eat, and one of the first ones came in holding her tummy. She had had seven small bowel obstructions. Her last one was twelve weeks ago, and they're just scheduling her eighth one. She said, oh. "This is killing me. You got to help me." She came in holding her stomach. She could only ingest liquids. Great, yeah. significant pain. She left on Friday afternoon. Friday evening, we went out with her to dinner, had a salmon dinner with baked potatoes. She even had some salad. She gained back 18 pounds she had lost over the next six weeks. She started wow. eating normal food. So it was, we just got goosebumps and so did she. I mean, we just. That is fabulous. Yeah. Okay, so now, oh, you, you have so, like, my brain is racing. This is absolutely amazing. Okay, so let's talk about malrotation. Because I know some people, you know, either from birth or whatever, uh, they get the large intestine gets, you know, it doesn't follow its normal shape. And then it can also result in something called volvulus, which is the twisting that causes obstruction and death to the part of the gut that's become twisted because the blood supply is cut off. Can you do something for that condition? I don't know. I don't know. We haven't Uh seen a lot of that. We have. It's very rare. Yeah. yeah, we treated some kids whose guts were born backwards, as they were described. They were from another country, so it was their best description, and and we treated them, and and they've done very well. Okay, well that that sounds like the same thing, mm-hmm. because normally they'll notice it when there's a child, but we've had some readers who um, you know haven't been diagnosed properly, and then they're in their twenties and finally finding out that well actually the underlying causative problem underneath all their digestive illness. Is this malrotation? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you would be a good, okay. So now another thing that jumps to my mind is what about the rectum? Because a lot of people end up with um, trauma to the rectum who've had Crohn's or colitis, and right. so they end up with a very like they can pass stool the, the width of a pencil. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, the only treatment for it is the surgery, where you either laser it or you do a sphincterectomy or something like that. Uh, Have you worked terrible. on the rectum? <laughs> For about 24 years, <laughs> we treat. Wow! It's one of the few places where we do treat, where we do treat internally, and uh-huh. typically, a lot of times, what will happen is we we all have had falls on our bottom, and for most of us, we can absorb that, and it's and it's not a problem. But in some cases, that that coccyx, there's a little joint down there, sacral coccygeal joint. That coccyx gets pushed forward, and sometimes a little to the side. And it yes. gets in the way. Typical um, symptoms that we hear are constipation, pain with deep intercourse. It feels like my partner's hitting something. Mm-hmm. Um, the, sometimes 
because of the attachments, the coccyx, where it is, it's at the very base of the dura, which is the strong membrane that surrounds the spine and attaches to the base of the skull and then goes into the head. So a lot of times when we see headaches either at the base of the skull or at the temples, the attachments of the dura or the top of the head that are that don't resolve, we find an antiverted coccyx and we'll we'll actually treat that as well. So um but yeah, we see we see a lot of coccidynia. In one case Belinda treated it you know, the surgeries can be great, can work, but by the same token that they're untested in that particular area treated one woman who was on morphine four times a day after her surgery to have her coccyx removed so um and and then we were treating her for a little bit she was just coming in once a week and then we didn't see her for a while we called up to see what was going on because she had been bed bound actually belinda went down to see her at first for the first of several treatments and she said um she was bedbound doing morphine uh, four times a day, and, and uh, after Belinda treated her for a bit, we didn't see her, and Belinda calls, and the lady says, well, no, actually, I've been doing pretty well. I've been moving, helping my sister move her house from one place to another. <laughs> <laughs> carrying all the oh, yeah, I guess so, you're doing really well. <laughs> so she was doing just fine. So, and so I'm I'm thinking that then the treatment for anal stenosis or stricture would be the same as what you described that you work with for the bowel obstructions. The same it's, type it's of It's the same, and it's it's similar. I mean, I was just been talking a little bit about antiverted coccyx. When your coccyx gets pulled forward, when you get a stricture or a stenosis or a fibrosis, a tightening of the tissues, that tightening is these little collagen crosslinks. The exact same thing that I was describing mm-hmm. before that comprise adhesions. When you get in there, we get that area stretched, we palpate around, we can feel it, the patient can feel it, we stay within their tolerance level. Of course, this is all with their permission. With another female in the room, if they would prefer that, certainly if I am, uh, I'll always have another female in the room. But um, then, uh, other than that, it's yes, it's the, it's the same, except we're treating internally as well as externally. Right, and you can deal with, because a lot of them as well, it's the internal anal sphincter muscle that just tightens up and just cannot release. Right. Does that, do you right. help that as well? Yeah, it's a it's a spasm, and the spasm causes adhesions, and the adhesions perpetuates the spasm. So we will treat it and we'll teach them to treat themselves or teach their spouse to treat them if they'll bring oh, those wow. spouses, um for any of this, for any of this. So we're glad to do that because we want them to go away with a toolbox and with knowing that they can call back at any point and we can give them some coaching, but we're, we're glad to, to do that. Um, you guys are phenomenal. I can't believe it's taken me this long to find you. Well, kind of like you, you know, we've been through it. We lived it and walked the walk before <laughs> before we had set us on the adventure, just mm-hmm. like you. So, um, so it's, you, you develop a great deal of personal empathy and compassion and caring and it, it becomes more of a uh, of a life work and a heartfelt and heart driven work than a uh, than a profession yes and especially you know when you see the suffering because even like same with the the small bowel surgery I looked at the research on the sphincterectomy and all the procedures to, you know, basically mm-hmm. cut through the sphincter muscle to, to, you know, open up the rectum. 
And the one-year prognosis is great. Everyone's like, oh, wow, I can have normal bowel movements. It's fabulous. Well, you look at 10 years, and guess what? They're back to the same problem of only been able to pass pencil-width stools, except now they're fecal incontinent as well. So they're pooing in their pants all the time, and there's nothing they can do. It's horrible. That's right, right? because we've cut through the nerves as well as cutting, as well as creating scar tissue. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So the fact that you guys would have a 20-hour solution to a lifetime problem is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It's really amazing. Okay, so now, okay, so here's another question for you. Is it just you and Belinda who are trained in this technique, or are you training and certifying other therapists so that it, you can spread these techniques? We, or we are. We do. We made the decision this year to go ahead and spread into the 15 most populous cities in the U.S. We already have one in Southern California, one in the Midwest. Um, we've got another therapist we just hired here. Kim has been with us for 18 years here in Florida, so so it's a pretty core team here that gets everyone trained. We have a 600-page training manual, and testing and certification is pretty rigorous so that we know the people that we train are good. Um, so we'll slowly be growing throughout the uh, throughout the U.S. So if there's a massage therapist or a physiotherapist or craniosacral therapist listening to this, they can and they thought, think, wow, that would be really great. They just contact you, and you'll give them all the information on that? That's right. And best, okay. and right now we're restricting it to physio- physiotherapists ah. because they can treat internally in yes. every state in the U.S. where, where uh, massage therapists are significantly more restricted. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, I do know, and that's the same up here in Canada. Um, but what some of them do, I've had actually, I've gone to craniosacrals who will treat internally, but of course, it's you know, it's only if they know you really well and you sign a waiver, because really, it's it's done under the table because right. it's not technically yeah. legal. Yeah. Right. Um, so yes, yeah, so physiotherapists, wow, okay, and then um, oh, so just a logistical question. So if you're treating someone for 20 hours. It, is there like two or three therapists who do the treatment, or is it the same person who does the whole 20 hours in a row? Or it's, It depends. If they're in Florida, we we do change. We'll, we'll treat for two hours, but at the, at the top of the first hour, we'll change. And right. so we'll discuss these my findings, just go see what you think about this area. I'm being drawn there. What do you think? So it, it's, it's nice because we kind of uh, – you get three brains and three very experienced sets of hands on you. Um, right. Understanding and comparing uh, to what you've got. In most of our outlying locations, we have a single therapist, but then you have the advantage that they're nearby. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay, so perfect. So everybody who would um, like to contact Larry or Belinda, you can reach them at www.clearpassage.com. So that's C-L-E-A-R. P is in Peter, A S S A G E dot com, and uh, Larry, this has been just amazing, and just I mean, I have thirteen thousand readers on my list, and they're going to be hearing from me later on today about this because the option that you're providing people with is is literally life changing. I mean, it's it's you know it's huge. Thank you, Jeannie, and thank you for all your great work. It's it's really nice to make the connection with you across the uh, across the expanse of, the, of North America because it would do feel like you're 
you're in such a closely related field to us, and it's an it's an area where people really really can have devastating problems and need some answers. Need some exactly, answers. They're and not thank them. Thank God for the internet, hey? Because imagine yeah. before the internet, I mean, we could have gone you know thirty years without ever hearing about each other. That's right. That's right. All well, right. Thank you very. Thank you so much, Larry.